welcome in everybody. It's uh, on Texas football Longhorn live stream uh, coming to you on a Sunday night uh, with Jerry Hamilton of InsideTexas.com and on Three Sports. Uh, Jerry, how's it going this weekend? It's good, man. I was just looking at the weather at for Houston, and it's uh, it's going to be a cold Christmas all, uh, down here. T- low of twenty Friday night, twenty four Saturday night, twenty eight Sunday night. So, yeah, man. Uh, all the kids need is a little snow on the ground, which is not going to happen. Uh, no, well, luckily, uh, luckily we don't have to worry about that uh, in if we're indoors, right? Um, <laughs> exactly. So I tell you Somebody what. needs some good news. Cowboys fan needs some good news. We see that right out of the gate. I don't know. Hey, did you? I know the Cowboys fans are going to hate that on that uh, pick six. But uh, did you see the? Uh, uh, did you see the end of the uh, t- Tennessee Titans, Los Angeles Chargers game? I did not. I have not watched any NFL today at all. Dicker the kicker came through right. with four. I think it was eight seconds left on the clock when he kicked it. But uh, he is now 15 of 16 on the year. That, that'll that'll get you a roster spot somewhere. And a great contract. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what he needs is, you know, yeah. when he when he left, he had a 50-50 shot of even making a roster. He kind of kicked around there. Uh, moved around a little bit, but uh, now he seems that maybe uh, he's found a uh, home uh, with uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, even though I think he's filling in for somebody that uh, uh, is uh, uh, is uh, injured at this point. Uh, but we'll see uh, more uh, from him later. I hope that uh, helps the sound a little bit. Uh, got note that the sound was a little off. Uh, Jerry, Texas had some visitors in over the weekend. Uh, Eric Nalin of Inside Texas and you. Uh, put some information out there uh, to this afternoon, evening, uh, about a couple of portal players that were in, one of which we knew going into the weekend, Gavin Holmes out of uh, Wake Forest. We also learned that safety Jihad Carter out of Syracuse uh, is has was at Texas this weekend, expected to go to Ohio State either right now or later uh, in yeah. the uh, evaluation uh, and visit period. Uh, but Texas uh, apparently being pretty aggressive right now in the secondary, uh, in the portal, uh, in part because, you know, they just don't have the numbers back there. What happened this year can't happen next year where you start going into, uh, I mean, Texas, yes, Michael Taft ended up getting a scholarship this week, which was great, but he's a, he's a walk-on. And so while you want him to be able to play, et cetera, you know, he needs to be a, a, a role player at the very most, most of the time. Right. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Um, uh, but, uh, Jerry, uh, your take on, on Texas uh, bringing in those two defensive backs uh, this weekend and what you think it means. Yeah, I think Jihad Carter's big time, big time player. Um, the interesting thing for Texas fans that don't really follow national recruiting is when a kid from Virginia says he's going to visit Ohio State, that's normally scary for anybody else recruiting a kid. That That has been an area that Ohio State – has had a lot of success in over the years. Um, kids really like Ohio State, whether it's in the 757, uh, Carter's from Richmond. Um, th- those kids are really drawn to Ohio State. So that is serious competition more than just the name Ohio State is serious competition for Texas. That kid is it comes from a state where the Buckeyes are very popular and a lot of big-time kids have come out of Virginia and gone to Ohio State and had plenty of success over the years. So that's what Texas is up against. But, hey, that's the right guy to be on. He's a big-time guy. He's a future NFL type of guy. Um, 
so he that is that is absolutely the right guy to be in on. Gavin Holmes, look, that one is a little uh, more realistic for me. He's out of you know obviously New Orleans area. Uh, Terry Joseph has some background recruiting him at Notre Dame. Uh, even though they didn't offer, he still recruited the kid. He evaluated the kid. He's really connected down there, especially at that school where that kid came from, Archbishop Rummel. Uh, so I think that one is uh, that one is. We'll see how many visits Holmes takes, but I feel pretty good about Texas chances there. Uh, just a few kids were in this weekend that had not already chosen a school, Texas in particular, uh, and those are Kamarian Pimpton, a tight end out of North Crowley. Uh, uh, Defensive back Tyler Scott out of uh, the Atlanta area. And then Jelani McDonald, uh, safety linebacker, athlete really, out of the Waco area. What do you know or what's the latest on those three, Jerry? Yeah, I think uh, let's start with uh, Pimpton. Um, look, it was a late in the week where he decided he was going to take the official visit. Uh, LSU got another tight end commitment. I really think this is Vanderbilt or, or Texas at this point. You know, he's a tough kid to get a read on. He's a funny, fun-loving, energetic, great personality kid. But I was told he kind of, you know, kept it close to the vest this weekend in Austin. Uh, the visit went well. Official visits don't go badly in basketball, football at Texas or any sport. I mean, so the visits are going to be really good. They're going to be productive. I think the biggest thing for Texas fans that aren't familiar with Camorian Pimpton's recruitment to know is he has a great relationship with Vanderbilt. If he were to say he's not going to Vanderbilt, then absolutely the toughest phone call he's ever had to make would be to the Vanderbilt staff to tell him he's not coming. He's a big relationships guy. Texas got in late in that process. That is going to be the difficult part for Pimpton. I've, I've been told this multiple times. Um, that hasn't stopped him from going on the visit process, so you know he's willing to make the call. It's just a very going to be a very difficult call for him if he doesn't go to Vanderbilt. What Texas has going for it, is at least one family member really, really likes the idea of being able to drive to see their son play. And that is always impactful as, as, as these recruitments come down to the wire for kids committed a few hundred miles away when a school two and a half hours away becomes a real option. Obviously, the, the way Texas uses the tight end, Steve Sarkeesian, Jeff Banks, they have a great, something great to sell in Jatavion Sanders, a kid that's also from the DFW area that Pimpton is very familiar with. So it's the, the cell isn't that difficult for Texas. How he could fit, what he could do, what they could see from him. You know, he, Pimpton's a guy who's played, not ever going to be an inline tight end. He's going to be used more, you know, as a flex tight end, split out wide more times than not in high school. Very similar to Jatavion Sanders. So the cell is really easy for Texas. They have to overcome Two things, the late offer and will the kid actually pick up the phone and tell Clark Lee and that staff he's not coming. But I think the visit went very well. Um, Tyler Scott, you know, Texas had some quiet confidence on this. This reminds me of DeAndre Moore, which we need to get into next. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot about DeAndre being on, on campus. Yeah, yeah, but the Texas staff's had some confidence of late. And obviously, you know, anybody that's on, been on this show with us knows that we think Bobby and I think Tashar Choice is a star in recruiting. Not good, a star. Um, and so you got to feel good about guys that Tashar Choice is recruiting. 
in that Atlanta area from his time at Georgia Tech, has all those connections, and then in the in Central Florida and Southwest Florida. If Tashard Choice is on a guy in those areas, you, Texas fans should feel like they're going to have a chance, and that's exactly where they're at with Tyler Scott. Uh, Auburn had some confidence headed into this weekend in the Tyler Scott recruitment as well. The one thing I've been told uh, over the course of a few weeks now by people that we work with that are locked into the Atlanta area, uh, into that Southeast region area is that the expectation is he's going to play in the SEC. USC got an official visit last weekend, but the expectation is he's going to play in the SEC. Well, that comes to Tennessee, Auburn, maybe Alabama. That's what Texas has going for them. They're moving to the SEC. Um, so I think that's another thing, easy part of the sell for Texas. Uh, and when you look at, you know, the, the Texas roster, you know, Deshaun Jamison's obviously going, um, but Tyler Scott would probably play where Ryan Watts is in the Texas scheme. So that may be something Texas has to overcome. Is there more opportunity at Auburn with a new coaching staff coming in? I think that's kind of what Auburn's thinking. But the visit went great. Terry Joseph, Tashard Choice have done a great job in the Tyler Scott uh, recruitment. They think they have a legitimate chance. I hear, I hear Auburn thinks they have a legitimate chance. Tennessee has thought they have a legitimate chance. He's not going to announce until January 7th during the Adidas All-America game on NBC but he will sign before that. So whoever signs him, they'll know December 21st, 22nd, if they have Tyler Scott or not. Then he'll wait to announce until the first week in January. Gary, uh, uh, we're going to yeah. be taking some questions from uh, yeah. fans tonight uh, and uh, going through that. Uh, I want to Before we do that, I want to talk about the other guys. You mentioned DeAndre Moore. Uh, also, Jelani McDonald uh, was in uh, too. And so he's another guy I want you to, to touch on, if at all possible. Uh, yeah. if you don't mind. And then yeah. also uh, the uh, uh, who, who did I mention? You mentioned Scott uh, Sadir Mitchell and uh, Cedric, uh, Baxter. Yeah, yeah. Cedric Baxter, the two big out of state guys. And where was Arch Manning this weekend uh, if he wasn't in Austin? <laughs> yeah, we, that, that, we, that was a hilarious thread on Inside Texas. Yeah, we, we don't think anything's up with Arch. We believe Arch, Arch is very solid with Texas. Um, nothing to worry about there. Um, as far as DeAndre Moore, I thought that was the big news this weekend. Look, Texas has felt really good about that for a while. Uh, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Moore took an unofficial visit in April last year, then committed to Louisville. Okay, so he comes back in, in November uh, for the official visit TCU weekend. We had heard it inside Texas for weeks leading up to that, that Texas felt pretty good about this recruitment. But for Moore and the family to come on their own dime the weekend before signing day, that is, that's when you, know, you start checking some boxes in this recruiting game, right? I will be surprised if DeAndre Moore doesn't sign with Texas at this point. That's where I'm at. If I'm wrong, y'all can come back and roast me. I'm fine. I've been roasted before. I'll be surprised if he doesn't sign with Texas. That's a big deal that he came back to Austin this weekend. Jelani McDonald's more of a mystery recruit. Look, TCU was going heavy defensive back. They got Randon Fontenet. They got Jamel Johnson, former Texas commitment. I'd heard some chatter that TCU might not even have room 
for Jelani McDonald. That's LaMarcus McDonald's son, right? So you would never think that. Um, but there's been a, a very reputable person in our industry say that covers TCU doesn't think Jelani McDonald's going to end up at TCU. That's very interesting because that falls in line, not the why, but with what I was told. Now the question with McDonald is former Oklahoma State commitment. Where's Texas at with McDonald? They love his athleticism. They think he's absolutely one of the best athletes in the country. I think if Texas takes McDonald, they're taking – you see we list him as a linebacker. That's where we project him. So I think Texas has taken him as an athlete. Um, look, they have four linebackers committed now. Uh, uh, Darren Gillette's kind of that hybrid guy. But they have three really good linebacker prospects. Jelani McDonald would be taken as an athlete and see where his frame goes. Uh, the question there becomes, does Texas, does Sark? And these, a lot of times these things come down to Steve Sarkeesian. Himself makes that final call, and he should. He's the head football coach at Texas. If he makes that final push, there's a good chance McDonald ends up at Texas. If not, he may end up back at Oklahoma State. We'll see. Yeah. I, I, I look at it in, in – at, at, Recruiting is about accumulating talent, but Correct. you also have to, you know, make sure you have the right numbers at the right place, uh, et cetera. Uh, Texas um, right now uh, looking to go heavy defensive back uh, simply because of needs. I think, uh, you know, uh, right now they just don't have the, the, the guys in the backfield uh, maybe that they want, or at least the depth that they want uh, clearly. Uh, Jerry, what are you hearing about uh, what's the latest on Tassili Akana? Uh, the linebacker, defensive end, more of an edge out of uh, Utah. His sister, of course, uh, served the national championship winning point uh, last night in the volleyball contest. Mm -hmm. uh, the Lady Longhorns winning the national volleyball title. Uh, what's the latest you hear on Tassili? You know, I think it's interesting, Bobby, because we've all heard uh, from the Texas side that there's some growing confidence there. Um, we know that Jeff Choate, Pete Kwiatkowski like Cecilia Connie uh, as a pass rusher, as a, as a maybe not an every down edge player, but a pass rush specialist. So, um, so designated pass rusher, right? DPR. Uh, so that's said, that's something there uh, for Texas fans to understand that Texas really does think he's a, a difference maker type in a pass rush situation. Uh, Oklahoma, you know, Bobby, look, guys, we respect in this industry on the West Coast. They're all thinking it's Oklahoma. They're getting that from somewhere. They're obviously not getting that from the same places we're getting. Texas feels pretty good. But it's interesting that both of those programs feel good on some level, which means both of them are being told, yes, more than likely, but somebody's going to get uh, caught holding the bag on this, and we'll see who it is. Um, but I, I know Akana had a great official visit to Texas. Great yeah. official visit. Uh, his sister's got another year at Texas, unless I'm mistaken. Um, yeah, so I there's more, I've more checked arrows, in. More I, arrows pointing to Texas. Yeah, I've checked in, and I think Texas is in good shape there. But, you know, things can happen. Uh, I know that uh, Oklahoma, some folks put in some crystal balls for Oklahoma on Friday. They have not come – that has not come to pass at this point. I still believe the Longhorns are in good shape. Make sure you ask some questions for us uh, so that we'll have some stuff up there uh, for uh, us to answer if you're interesting. Uh, let's go with this one. Are we getting nervous about Derek Williams Jr.? Williams did not make the official or did not come in on a visit this weekend uh, and is not set to. We don't know if he's signing on Wednesday or if it's going to be in February, do we? No, I think that's still in the balance. I think we had heard last week that he would probably sign early. But look, 
here's the reality. And I, and this is what I said. Any, the guy, a guy like that that didn't show up this weekend, that means this recruitment's ongoing on some level. Does that mean he could sign Wednesday with Texas and the recruitment ends? Sure. Uh, but Miami's made a strong, strong push here. Very strong push. Um, and obviously LSU is not going to give up on Derek Williams, but Miami's made a strong push. And what those schools are doing right now is trying to get them to hold off from signing early. That's the whole game right now. Uh, Texas is still in the driver's seat. Uh, it, and we'll see if he does sign Wednesday. We'll try to get an answer on that, you know, late Monday, early Tuesday, what his actual plans are going to end up being. It's gone back and forth. Got it. Um, Jerry, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at, at some of these questions. Uh, for those who don't know, Dylan Riola, quarterback out of Arizona, uh, had 2024, number one player in the class of 2024 for next year. Um, decommitted from Ohio State, had long been a pledge to o Ohio State for a couple months now. Uh, did he decommit for Nebraska, where his dad went to school and Matt Rule is now the head coach, or for Arizona State, which is in his backyard, and Kenny Dillingham, a quarterback guy, is, is the new head coach at Arizona State? Or are other teams involved and we just don't know at this point? Well, I, that, that could be the case, that other teams are involved and we don't know. Uh, right now, I, I think Nebraska is what you hear the most right now. Um, and obviously, that would be huge for the Nebraska fan base now. I mean, that's – and it would be huge for Matt Rule. Um, but that's what you're hearing the most right now. But I still think this one's going to play out a while, and we'll see what happens. Got it. Okay. Uh, well, as far as Texas interest in Rayola, that's not happening when Arch Manning signs Wednesday. I agree. Yeah, that, that that's just not happening. Um, will Jordan Whittington, Texas wide receiver, stay or enter the NFL – um, let me take that one, Jerry. I'm hearing that he's leaning towards staying at this point. Uh, he, he is going to announce his decision himself. He, he said that publicly. Uh, but everything I am hearing behind the scenes leans to him coming back for next year, including the fact that he's playing in the bowl game uh, this coming uh, week against uh, Washington in the Alamo Bowl. Uh, Jerry, uh, anything else on, on that one? No, nothing on that one. I, I failed to mention Sadir Mitchell and Cedric Baxter, though. I heard everything was is went very well this weekend. Uh, Sadir Mitchell left Sunday or, or, or Sunday this morning, I think around ten or eleven, to go back to uh, New Jersey. Uh, Cedric Baxter obviously left today to go back to Florida. Um, look, upsets happen in recruiting all the time. I think right now Texas fans should feel good about Sadir Mitchell and Cedric Baxter. I think those guys showing up this weekend was very big. Uh, is very telling, and I'm going to stick to my guns on Cedric Baxter. The relationship with Tashar Choice is the difference. Uh, Florida State's made a run as they should. Florida, I mean, I don't. They could try to make a run, but that was an ugly bowl game yesterday. Let's be real. Um, <laughs> I mean, Sadir <laughs> Mitchell. Look, Georgia will send him a letter of intent to see what happens. There is no doubt he'll have a letter of intent from Georgia. Uh, I think Bo Davis has a great relationship with Sadir and the father. Um, and, and I think Texas feels good about both of those and, uh, we'll see come Wednesday, but I, I, if Texas fans should feel pretty good about them. All right. Question from Justin Yarbrough. What is the story with Dylan Spencer? Spencer took a visit to Texas tech over the weekend, the former Texas commitment or current Texas commitment, depending on what, you know, will the staff try to fill that spot with another high school recruit recruit or maybe portal and any more possible surprises that were similar to last year this time? Um, I don't consider Dylan Spencer a Texas commitment, even though he, I guess, technically is. Uh, he's going to Texas Tech as of this afternoon. That's where he was, or as of this mid-morning. I put in a, I put in an RPM for Texas Tech. 
So it's interesting that Houston is the guy, the ones that made the push, but he's going to end up at Texas Tech. And I think the reason he's going to end up at Texas Tech is Dylan Spencer's originally from West Orange, Stark High, Orange. James Blanchard, the recruiting coordinator at Texas Tech, is from that area. And I think there's a longstanding relationship there. And when Spencer opened that door and Texas Tech said, oh, this kid's not going to end up at Texas, they swooped in and beat U of H on him with a a longstanding relationship with Blanchard, Spencer, and his mother. Got it. That makes total sense. Um, Jerry, do you expect Donald Catalan, uh, Sam Pittman, said he's expected to enter the portal, uh, the the, uh, four-year starting safety and captain uh, at the University of Arkansas. He's expected to enter the portal. Do you think Texas will take a look there? Um, you know, I, I I don't have that answer. I, I assume they absolutely would take a look there, but I, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. But here's but here's the thing. You know, it, that's where we're, high school and uh, portal recruiting gets a little tricky. I mean, you know, you're trying to close out Derek Williams. How many safeties you're going to bring in an offer? I mean, right? That's when things can get a little uh, mud. The waters can get a little muddy there. Um, but look. I would offer Jalen Catalan yesterday. I mean, he's in the portal. I would offer that guy. I think he's a tremendous football player. I think he makes your defense better. I think he makes your team better. I think he makes your program better. He has had some injury history. Um, But when he's healthy, I mean, he's an all-SEC level player. You don't get a chance to get many of those guys in the portal. No, not at all. Um, Going to another one. Any news on Christian Jones, the offensive lineman, uh, starting right tackle for the Longhorns. Uh, you know, the latest I've heard is that he's expected to either go pro or possibly transfer. I I, I don't think he wants to transfer. I think he's going pro. Uh, but you, you just don't know these days. Um, I would say that I'm not saying that Christian Jones is wanting to transfer or anything like that or is being asked to train. None of that's happening. What I'm saying here is that I think he's probably going to go pro and is waiting to announce it uh, is what the uh, the deal is there. And he's going to get some more film uh, from this game uh, this uh, this coming week against Washington. Jerry, you hear anything on that? No, I, I hear the same as you. I, I think it's likely he ends up going pro. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. Um, let's ask you this, Jerry. This is more your line with uh, some recruiting stuff. What are the differences for you with Ryan Niblett and DeAndre Moore? the two wide receivers? First of all, totally different players. Uh, DeAndre Moore is a run and catch receiver. Niblett is a catch and run receiver to start. I I think that's a major difference in those guys. And DeAndre Moore is a route runner, playmaker after the ball is in the air. I I think he's a really good player. Um, I I think he's a sound route runner. I think he's probably faster than we give him credit for. I mean, I know there's a track time out there um, that I think was a 10-9 something FAT. So he's a little faster than maybe he looks on video, maybe deceptive a little bit. But he's got a college-ready body to come in and compete and, and get on the field right away. And I think he's a really good scheme fit. I think Ryan Niblett's an interesting prospect because he's so explosive, one of the most explosive players in the country. He's bigger than you think he is. But he comes in very raw as a wide receiver because he played at Eisenhower. They needed him at quarterback as a sophomore. Um, they, they had to find ways to get him the ball as a junior and senior. So this is not a guy who's ran a ton of routes in games. 
caught 50 or 60 balls, had 70 targets in a high school season. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a guy that needs some time to develop. But once he gets the ball in his hands, he's got a different gear. But he's a guy right now that you want to get the ball in his hands quick and let him get accelerate and get down the field. He's not a guy who's going to be sitting there running clean routes in Quinn Ewers or Arch Manning, whoever it is, can release the ball on time and absolutely know he's going to be there. He's got a ways to go as a route runner. Did you know this? Somebody, Albert Pohl, is mentioning Donald Catalan's labrum is permanently damaged. UT should pass. Were you aware of that? I don't, I, I I don't know not. if it's true, but if yeah. it is. Yeah, I mean, you hear that you hear all the chatter that about his injury during the season, but I don't know that for a fact. I'd be speaking out of turn on that. Okay, perfect. Uh, what about an update on Justin Benton, the defensive tackle out of Georgia that visited the Longhorns last weekend? Yeah, uh, look, Sarkeesian didn't make an in-home there, so this one's over. It's done. And, um, uh, it looks like just, Justin Benton visited Houston this weekend. Um, I think he was going to head to Arkansas – three weeks ago before Barry Odom took the UNLV job um, if Texas didn't make the push on him. But now you kind of wonder, is he going to stick with West Virginia? Is he going to flip to Houston? It looks like it's going to be one of those two. And he, I think he already had in his mind he wasn't going to West Virginia. So he'd have to, he would have to kind of do a 180 in that regard. We'll see if Houston uh, can, can close that one out. But it does not look like Texas and Justin Benton is happening. If that were going to happen, Sarkeesian would have made an in-home. All right, Jerry, one more. Uh, any news on Jacoby Lane, the wide receiver out of uh, uh, the Phoenix area, uh, flipping his commitment from USC to Texas? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Uh, you know, look, Texas was by the school last week. They continue to recruit him. They're recruiting him like they think they have a chance. Now, that's not inside Texas reporting. Lane's going to flip, to be clear. Um, this is one I'll believe when I see it, but there's also a reason Texas has maintained uh, the constant communication with him has continued. They've seen him twice in December. Sarkeesian made it in home. Then Brennan Marion was back the next week. There's a reason they've invested this much time in him. They think they have a legitimate chance in this recruitment. Kenny Dillingham at Arizona State is kind of muddy in those waters as well, which probably helps Texas a little bit. Again, though, that's a different hurdle uh, for everybody to get over to see that kid back out of his USC commitment and sign with Texas on December 21st, but Texas is recruiting him like they have a chance. That's what we know right now. I know you watched some of the uh, state championships this weekend, Jerry. I talked with Justin uh, Wells, uh, who was up in uh, the Metroplex watching all those games this weekend. What were your big takeaways from that, uh, that those games? Uh, DFW is absolutely insanely loaded with talent. And it's, it's, it's by far the most talented area in the state of Texas. It's by far I-20 corridor. From Wilmer Hutchins to North Crowley is an area Texas has to have success recruiting. That's all I can tell you. Colin Simmons is the top defensive prospect in 2024 at Duncan. But by the way, congrats to Reggie Samples on finally getting the state championship. Man, that guy's gone through some heartbreak in the closing moments of games. Block PAT going back the other way. The Hail Mary against North Shore. So congrats to him. Congrats to Claude Mathis. Look, 
That's his first state title at DeSoto. He's had some tough losses. Kyler Murray ripped their heart out, uh, ripped their hearts out for a couple of years in a row. So congrats to him. But the talent in those schools is just incredible right now. Lancaster has some young talent that's really good as well. So those schools are absolutely loaded. The Mansfield area is loaded. North Crowley is loaded with young prospects. That is an area Texas has to have a lot of success in. And look, they are. Anthony Hill's another big win. Samaj Burrell, they, they're having – Jonte Cook, they're having success where they have to have success. Cam Williams, last class. Uh, obviously, Colin Simmons is a must-get in 2024 on the edge. There aren't many guys like him in the state of Texas, He's and he's the best. So they have to evaluate those guys really well outside of those just no-brainer guys because there's so much talent. I mean, I went, Bobby, I went through Duncanville for their um, – media day before football season or during early in practice, I counted 35 to 40 division one players in the program, freshman, the senior class. That's a lot of guys to evaluate. And that means there's going to be future NFL guys coming out of there. And you got to evaluate the right guys that, I mean, there's just too many players. There's too much speed there. Going back to my high school. I remember if we had one, it was a great, great year, 35 to 40. And I, that's just yeah. amazing. Um, Jerry, there's a, a question on here about Texas and Denver Harris. Uh, and see what you think of this comment from Buddy Garrity. We worked too hard getting the Denver Harrises out of our program. We don't need them back in. Um, let me ask you this. Denver Harris is a tremendously talented individual. Yes. Um, he played early and often at Texas A&M and was good when he played. He despite, clearly, despite never really being bought in there, which tells yeah. you how talented he is. Yeah. He um, clearly had issues yes. uh, at A&M, uh, yes. off-field, and um, he is now in the portal. Texas is not going to take a look at him, in, is, is my understanding. But my what opinion. is your take on Texas trying to move away from some of that culture that maybe got got them so behind the eight ball in the first place that they, they had to hire Steve Sarkeesian in the, as it is? I, I – Look, I like Denver Harris. I've, um, you know, been part of Under Armour camps with him, saw him many times at North Shore. I don't think Texas should go that direction. And that's saying something because he could be a first-round pick one day. He has that much ability. Um, I, I, I agree with uh, the the question or the comment there. I just – I think Sarkeesian has this thing headed in the, the correct direction, and it's what we talk about on the show – it, there's a difference between collecting talent and assembling a team. There's a fine line there. And I think Texas is on the path to assembling a really good team. And I don't think you mess with that. I, I just don't think you mess with that um, because that can turn quickly. And and Texas has it going in the correct direction, so don't do it. And the advice, I, if somebody asked me what I thought Denver Harris should do, look, I never get involved in recruiting stuff. Never have, never will. These kids should go where they want to go. When you start transferring, I'll throw an opinion out there. Get as far away from Texas as you can. Go do something different. Go play for Corey Raymond at Florida. I don't really care what you do. Get away. Get yeah, away. He, he may have some. He may have some influences nearby. That are that are impeding his own progress, right? Staying stay here is not working. Yeah, get away. Try something new. Yeah. I, hey, um, speaking with uh, Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas and on three, uh, we're doing a Longhorn live stream on Sunday night, uh, getting ready for I guess three days from now, uh, National Signing Day. On National Signing Day, Jerry and I plan to be on as often as possible as we can. Here, we're going to be live for at least a couple hours if not more than that, throughout the day. 
Eric Nalin, uh, Inside Texas publisher, will join us, as well as Justin Wells uh, and others. Uh, so please uh, join us and remind yourselves that we'll be on this coming Wednesday, uh, the first signing day uh, for the class of 2023. Uh, Jerry, uh, Gavin Holmes, question about him. Do we know if the Wake Forest transfer is still scheduled to visit Penn State in January, or is it just too early post-visit to really know that for sure? Look, I think he's still scheduled to visit. Do I think he absolutely makes visits in January? No, I don't. I think it's possible. I think it's 50-50 at best. Um, I, I, I think he's a kid that can make a decision anytime or it could take a little time to play out, but I think Texas is uh, working from a real position of strength. I'll say that. Yep. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, this is a good question, I thought. Uh, basketball question. Uh, obviously, Chris Beard uh, is suspended for the time being. Uh, Texas now has had two games in his absence, went to overtime to beat Rice on Monday night, the very day uh, that he was uh, arrested. Uh, and then uh, earlier today beat Stanford uh, by 10 points, a, a Stanford team that's not very good this year, but still winning is, is a big deal every time. Uh, Texas now nine and one on the season, I believe. Uh, so Jerry, question for you. What's the word on te Texas basketball recruiting given the coaching situation and do you think Ron Holland and A.J. Johnson, the two commits, those guys are still with Texas or is that having any kind of impact on their recruitments? Yeah, I think, they've already signed with Texas. Yeah, I think as far as those two guys, they're they're, they're more waiting, um, seeing what's happening, um, going to happen. Uh, look, they've, everybody's been thrown for a loop with well, the guys that signed, the guys on the team. Uh, the reality is those kids signed with Texas and they're going to wait and see. They're in constant communication with the Texas staff. Um, they're in a wait and see mode. What's going to happen here with the uh, Chris Beard situation recruiting in 24 guys like Eves Meese that were, uh, just on campus, Eve Meese. Uh, none of that's positive right now. I mean, there's just no way it, it can be. I mean, that's Texas has a huge target on them right now. Um, so the, the guys like Trey Johnson, I mean, that, that's, that's tough ass for Texas in recruiting right now. And until this, uh, Beard situation plays out and there's a resolution one way or the other, um, I think that's just the way it's going to be. I don't think the recruiting is going to be real positive uh, for guys that are uncommitted, 2024 class right now. There's just no way it can be. Gotcha. All right. You're now, not, not going to see Texas push to get a lot of kids on campus or anything until this situation plays out. Oh, I like this question. This is a really good question from Victor. Uh, turns it around quicker at Nebraska or Colorado? Victor thinks Matt Rule at Nebraska. What do you think, Jerry? Well, Matt Rule already did what he did at Baylor. He went to Bay City, Texas, and took a kid named Bryce Turner, who runs 10-5, 10-4, who wasn't a high-level recruit. So he already goes right down back into Texas and gets one of the fastest kids in the state. And that kid needs developing, but he's already showing signs he's going to do exactly what he did at Baylor, and he's already done it once. So you got to go with Matt Rule. The guy, I mean, how do you not go with Matt Rule? But, but quicker, quicker. The, the key word there, I think I think that Matt Rule long-term is a better coach right. So uh, because he's the proven one in a major conference. Right. Um, Dion, though, because of his ability to attract talent, particularly in the day and age of the, of the portal, where right. it's not all about developing the talent necessarily anymore, um, may be able to turn it around quicker. Yeah, I mean, look, because here's the re reality. Shadur Sanders is going to be the quarterback at Colorado. He's got plenty of experience, even though it's FCS level. 
So he's coming in with a quarterback that he knows very well, obviously being his son, and is going to know the scheme, is going to know the program, is going to know the system. So that helps you right out of the gate. You figure Travis Hunter, the former five-star, is going to transfer right in. So you're going to have one of the best players in college football with a year now of college football experience. So quicker I, next year, I mean, I guess it depends on what, what what we're talking about here. I think the path is easier for Nebraska to win eight games next year than it is for Colorado to win six. But I don't know if that's quicker. It depends on kind of how you define that. I think Matt Rule, um, because of the toughness he brings to a program, I think he's a really good fit at Nebraska. I think he's a really good fit. Now, there is – I talked to somebody whose son is a prospect – um, and a basketball prospect in Colorado this weekend who has 19 years coaching. Um, he said it's the excitement in that state's off the charts. He said literally off the charts. So there's going to be an excitement and enthusiasm around Colorado football that's not matched many places. And that may take carry those kids and take them, you know, closer to maximizing what they have out of the gate. So it'll be interesting to see, but I'll still say Matt Rule because he's done it before. And he and he's, he did it pretty – he went into a terrible situation at Baylor. Always brutal. I mean, and he's brutal. going into a better situation now, and he's already done it once. Yep. All right. Hold on a second here. Uh, this one coming from uh, Helio Castillo. Um, are there any high school evaluations or transfer portal options that Texas would look into after – the early signing period. Yeah, I think high school evaluation is not likely unless there's a late coaching change. Um, so man, that could be a position coach, right? I mean, there could be something go on there. Portal, absolutely. Because uh, Bobby and I, we've talked about this. I'm sure we've talked about it with Eric and Justin. The next wave of portal guys may not be big in numbers, but it's going to be big in impact talent after all these bowl games. And absolutely, I'm sure there's two or three guys that are going to jump into that portal after these bowl games, and Texas is ab- is absolutely going to want to get those guys on campus. So I think the portal is where it's going to be at. Yeah, I mean, I I think that there's no question, right? That my my thought process on that is there's absolutely no question that there are going to be guys that come up. Right. Um, there are guys that they are probably still evaluating uh, at various positions. Uh, the one thing I would say though, and, and this this needs to be, uh, this is I'm going to. Uh, Mention this from E. Kim. Uh, just flooding with offers in this current portal window is not smart if players accept the offer, and there will be better players later in this window and in the spring. Completely agree. 100 percent Yeah, this is this is why this is exactly why we've been talking about why Texas, in part, is being judicious with these offers and really, you know, kind of laser focus on a few players. Um, Texas is at a different stage in its program than it was two years ago when Steve Sarkeesian took over and the horns were really, you know, 30 deep as far as talent or 40 deep as far. Now Texas is getting that 40, 50 range of as far as depth of talent. And so you can't just be taking guys to very marginally improve yourself. You got to take guys uh, that are really going to improve you as well as develop the ones you have. And so and, and that's let's, what Sarkin yeah. do right now. And let's think about this going into spring practice. 
Anthony Hill and LaFowl are early enrollees. They're going to get a look at how impactful those guys can be out of the gate, and that can push you to make a decision at linebacker, maybe to bridge the gap for a year if one of those guys isn't ready to be a true impact player. So that's what's going to happen in the spring. Texas has 13 early enrollees. Some of those guys are looked at as impact players. How those guys perform in the first couple, three weeks of spring practice may have Texas reevaluating a little bit of that as far as the instant impact need. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yep. Um, question. You mentioned Colin Simmons impressing at the state championships. Malik Muhammad had a uh, interception return for a touchdown. Trey Wisner scored a, a touchdown. Uh, yeah, Billy Walton had a sack. Uh, there were a number of guys. For Jaden Allen played well, led the team in tackles for Alito in their state championship. Um, but th- one of the big players in that that game for Duncanville was Colin Simmons, the defensive end. Is it Mike Gosnell asks? Is it too early to ask if Texas is in play for Colin Simmons, Jerry? Uh, Texas is very much in play for Colin Simmons. I think LSU is in play. The one thing I'll, I'll tell everybody, the last time I was through Duncanville, I talked to Colin. He said, I'm playing in the SEC. So he's going to consider a bunch of schools, you know, the Oregons of the world, USC, Ohio State. He's, he's going he's gonna to consider those schools. But at the end of the day, I think I'll be surprised if he doesn't play in the SEC. Um, and so that means LSU. That means Texas. He really liked Florida. Uh, does he like Florida after Oregon State beat the brakes off of him? He can only answer that one. Uh, but I definitely think Texas and LSU are very much going to be in play for Colin Simmons. Uh, he's been on campus at Texas plenty with his uncle, with family members, with coaches over the years. Um, Texas has been on him since Steve Sarkeesian was hired. So Texas is very much going to be in play. Look, I think we're at the point where unless there's just a connection to a school that's going to be hard to overcome, Texas is at the point now they're going to be in on all these recruitments. Now you're not going to win them all, but they're going to be in on them. They're positioned to be in on them. They're eight and four. They got some momentum. The Anthony Hill uh, flip, I'll call it a flip was huge momentum. Uh, Texas is winning some key recruitments in Dallas, John T. Cook, Anthony Hill, uh, Malik Muhammad, as you mentioned, Samaje Burrell. They've got a little juice in the DFW area as well. So uh, I think they're going to be in on any of these recruitments now. You're not going to win them all. They just have to win their share. Got it. Um, one of those guys that played well, took, scored the first points uh, for DeSoto in yesterday's, uh, I think, 5A Division One or Division Two championship, DeSoto. Uh, Jonte Cook, uh, the wide receiver. Uh, Jerry, they're asking if he's an early enrollee, and I believe he is, correct? Yes. Yeah, he, he's he's an early enrollee. I, I confirmed that when I was through DeSoto last week and talked to Claude Mathis for a couple of minutes. He is an early enrollee. Trey Weisner is not. Uh, uh, Arch Manning, early enrollee. Cedric Baxter, Sidir Mitchell, Anthony Hill. Yes. It, it's about 13 in all, isn't it? That are yeah, LaFowl. Le- Three offensive linemen, if not four, Peyton Kirkland, Connor Stroh, Jaden Chapman, and Kojo, all early enrollees. As well, Darren Gillette will be rehabbing, but he's an early enrollee. Um, and I'm, I'm probably I'm probably missing somebody else there, but I think that pretty much uh, gives gives a rundown of the early enrollees. And obviously, 
Uh, the punter from Stanford is not, for those wondering. He's going to be in in June. Yep. And it, he's interesting. He graduates in March. Right. Which is totally foreign. But Stanford, I think, either runs on the trimester or quarter system. So so, so my, my question with that, those guys, <laughs> if he's done with school there, can he just come hang out in Austin and punt in the stadium and go to spring practice? I mean, I don't think there's any rule against that, correct? Boy, I bet he couldn't. I bet he couldn't participate in spring ball. No, he can't yeah. participate. But can he just hang out and watch spring practice? Can he be in the facility? I don't know the answer that I would assume he yeah, can. Yeah, I, I have no clue. Um, you know, I get get settled in Austin. I I just don't know. That's. A, yeah. I don't think he can. I think he can do it as long as he's not officially a part of the team. Correct. Uh, beyond that, I'm I'm not sure. Um, one of the guys said gave us a super chat and said thanks. Congrats to the men's basketball team. I, I do think that they're keeping it together, you know, yeah. uh, and, and Jerry, that's, that's a key thing. Kid. I say kids, they're not kids. They're 18 to 22 year old men, right? Young men. Um, when you go through adversity and I thought Rodney Terry's quote uh, after that rice game was very, uh, very apropos life. You're, you can hit fastballs. Everybody can hit fastballs. But life's going to throw yep. some curveballs at you, right? The Texas basketball team got a curveball on Monday. And thus far, they hit one on Monday, and they're trying to convert it now and make curveballs look like fastballs again. I, I don't know what all is going to matter. I don't know how it's going to end up. Uh, but I will say this much. You're right. Or The, the, the poster there that uh, commented that, he's right. I mean, hats off to the kids or, or to the young men because – that's not easy. I don't. I don't care what age you are or any of that stuff to take something like that happen to your avowed leader of the team, and all of a sudden he's gone, you know, like that. It's tough. Yeah. Look, look. I mean, here's the reality for this to me. For me, Rodney Terry's a great recruiter, tremendous uh, coach, right? Chris Ogden, years of doing this, right? They were former head coaches. Bob Donowal is really good in player development. Has a great. Uh, reputation and resume that dates back to LeBron James and who's in the NBA. Um, Brandon Chappelle, the young assistant, really energetic guy. And I don't mean this as anything negative against those guys. These guys came to Texas to play for Chris Beard, the guy that coached Texas Tech within a bucket of a national championship. And look, Rodney Terry, all those guys, that's what they sold them on, the program, the culture, um, the player development, everything that goes with Beard. And Beard has a energy – about him that pushes kids that I think is what makes him a, a really, really tremendous coach. And you can't replace that. That's what makes him what he is. So these guys were really throwing a curveball. Guys that Tyrese Hunter left Iowa State from a Sweet 16 team, and he chose Chris Beard to be his guy. And if you've seen them on the podium together, I think Tyrese's you know, level of plays dropped more than the other player since the, you know this happened. Um, but you credit to those guys, Timmy Allen. Look, I've, I've said this about inside Texas when Timmy Allen got off to a rough start this season. If anybody thinks that guy's going to stay down, they haven't read about his story, what he's been through in his life. Tyrese Hunter won't stay down. Read about what he's been through in his life. Um, these are kids who have been some had some real adversity at really young ages and they've made it through. They're going to have professional careers. Tyrese Hunter probably in the NBA. Timmy Allen probably overseas making a really good living playing basketball. These guys have been through really adverse situations in their lives. 
Um, Dylan DeSue went through a really adverse situation with his knee last year. He came to Texas thinking he was going to play one year and go off to the NBA. That knee did not respond. So these they have a plenty of guys who have been through adverse situations. Um, there's a toughness about these this team with these guys. The question I have long-term is, you know, depending on what the resolution is with Coach Beard, I mean, how do they just continue to keep it together? Because how, well, how are they going to handle a two-game losing streak in the Big 12, right? Um, that's going to be kind of be the question for me. But today was a really good win. Stanford may be four and seven, but they're, they've been competitive. Um, they're going to be a competitive team. Uh, I thought Texas played really well. I mean, so Jabari Rice, who's been through adversity too, by the way, look up his story. But, I mean, he played extremely well today. They had some really good performances. Um, the good thing, I, I think the last two games, you know, Rice was an ugly game, obviously, and it was going to be, but um, more than I thought it would be. They've won two games in a row, and Tyrese Hunter hasn't played well or uh, hasn't played up to his capability. That's one thing I would say. Yeah, it's been interesting watching him this year uh, because he he is just so fast compared to everybody. I know it doesn't always seem that way on TV, but he literally puts pressure on the ball all day, every day. I mean, he is a hard, hard guard, and then he guards hard. You know yes. what I mean? He, he is a two-way player. Hey, a uh, couple, couple more questions here. Uh, we got about 10 minutes to go on this Longhorn live stream. Uh uh, another question coming out. Uh, all right, Bobby and Jerry, give us your surprises or guys you think could be surprises either in early signing period, transfer portal, or February signing day. Um, surprise. I mean, I'll be surprised if DeAndre Moore doesn't go to Texas. I think Texas has done a good job with uh, Tyler Scott. And I'm not predicting it, but if you said, what is the surprise possibility for Texas? Um, that one would be Jacoby Lane flipping. On <laughs> Wow. Because, I mean, look, they've recruited the guy with a confident, like they're they're confident, more confident than anybody gives them credit they for being. So that, if you're going to qualify that as a surprise, going to uh, Mesa, Arizona, and getting a receiver to flip that's been a commitment to USC for months would qualify as my surprise. I think um, there's still a couple more portal guys that are going to happen. And – I would. I think that it'll either be in the the uh, mid January range or in May when those those things happen because I do believe uh, that we have yet to see the end of that and there could be guys that I don't even know their names yet who no could question. be in that portal and that that would be my surprise. Uh, I also think that you know I, I look at this and I look at the basketball team, Jerry. I'm talking about the portal. You mentioned all those guys are, are portal guys, Timmy Allen. So Jabari Rice, Tyrese Hunter, Marcus Carr, Dylan DeSue. Christian Bishop. Oh. Yeah, they're all portal guys with the with the rare exceptions. Um, and I looked at the volleyball team last night, uh, the women's volleyball team. Other than Logan Eggleston, Asia O'Neill, uh, and uh, uh, Molly Phillips, I think almost all of those were portal transfers as well. One yeah. from UCLA, one from Utah, and, and you know, one from or a couple from Nebraska, Kentucky, Brian Skinner's daughter. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. And so my point to that is this: is that I think that we're going to eventually see more and more of that happen. Uh, I don't know how or what Steve Sarkeesian's take is on it, but as of right now, he's definitely going heavier high school than portal. 
whereas some coaches are taking the opposite tack. It'll be interesting uh, to see where that goes. But I could see um, in the future schools fade on high school prospects and focus instead on portal prospects if they think they give them uh, an advantage. Hey, here's an here, here's another question for you, Jerry. Uh, not just for me. It says Bobby. But what will Jonathan Brooks' performance be like in San Antonio? The running back, he's expected to get the majority of the totes now that um, both Rashawn Johnson and B. John Robinson are not going to be playing. Well, I'll, I'll go first. You want a prediction? I think he'll go for 150. Ooh. I think he's going to have a really good game. I think he's going to surprise people. Um, I, I think this is a great opportunity for him. I think he's going to absolutely jump on the opportunity. Um, and look, let, just know this. These kids are competitive kids, right? His opportunity right now has nothing to do with Bijan and Roshan. His opportunity right now is to show Cedric Baxter, you have competition here. This is his first chance to really show what he can do. I think he's going to step up to the plate. Look, this is a guy who led a small school, Howitzville, to a state championship game. He played both ways until he cramped. So I think he's going to step up to the plate. I think he's going to have a big game. Got it. Um, Grady Jenkins asked a question that uh, more particular to the portal that I think is valuable. How many spots do you think we save for guys who may enter the portal after spring practices? Um, I think at least two. Yeah. I think you have to save at least two bullets um, uh, for that time period based on what you may need in case there's injuries. Right. And then in case there's some big name guy out there, I think yeah. you have to, I mean, what happens, I'll give you an example. What happens if, um, you know, two defensive tackles go down in spring training That's with right. injuries now knock on wood, but you got to save some for those last minute, uh, issues that you might have. And that, that's, that was, that would be my answer to that. Grady, Jerry. Yeah. And based on some of those early enrollees, what they look like, are, are they as good as they thought they were? Are they going to be impact players? If there's a couple of positions where maybe we we overshot this on this kid, then I think you see some adjustment. Got it. Um, question here. Good one from Fred Bowie. Uh, do y'all believe Texas is a favorite, a favorite to win the big 12 in 2023? I think they are the favorite. And that probably surprises to a lot of guys that I've said that, that I'm saying that now. Um, I'm just looking around the Big 12. I think Baylor's slipping. Um, I don't know what's going on at Oklahoma State. I mean, that's a lot of guys leaving the program, some really good players. Um, I think TCU is going to more than come down to earth. I think, look, they lose a lot off that team, um, both sides of the ball. Um, you know, Oklahoma, just that, that they're a tough one right now. That's that's such a culture change as far as physicality and the type of players that Brent Venables is going to recruit. Um, I think Matt Campbell stayed too long at Iowa State, honestly. I mean, you look at Kansas State and they're going to be tough, tough. Um, and then you look at Kansas, I, I see them continue to improve. I think Texas is going to be the favorite next year. Yeah. And I think they're going to be voted as the preseason favorite next year. I want to see what Kansas State really brings back um, before I say this. But I, I think they're definitely a favorite. I don't know if they're the favorite yet. Right. Um, and I do think maybe the portal matters, maybe a little bit of recruiting matters. Um, because if uh, somebody gets a couple big name players, all of a sudden, you know, it, it could look a little bit different out there. Yeah, um, no doubt. 
I think the interesting interesting thing with Texas, they're going to have the best left tackle in the league. Um, they're going to have – if Nayor comes back, they're going to have really good receivers, if, assuming Whittington comes back, maybe the best receiver room, right? Um, adding in John Tay Cook and, you know, if you added DeAndre Moore and some just talented kids. Uh, Jatavion Sanders is the best tight end in the Big 12. Like, I, I think they have a lot of pieces. You know, it's Avondre Sweat. Uh, teaming up with Byron Murphy, you throw in Sadir Mitchell, um, you throw in an Alfred Collins playing his last year. I mean, there, there's Jalen Ford going to be the best linebacker in the Big 12 next year, uh, if he, he was this year. Um, and then you have enough experience in the secondary. You need to add some – you guys need to make, be better playmakers. But, um, you know, Bird Auburn was a surprise at kicker this year. I think they're the favorite next year. Yeah. I, I, look, I'm not going to sit here and say no. I think I think that I think that the reality of it is, you know, I don't know Cincinnati well enough yet. Correct. Just haven't watched that program enough to really know what they bring. I, I think obviously a, a coaching change there uh, is probably not great, even though he probably left it better than he found it. Um, I don't know UCF's talent level. Uh, Houston is very talented, is going to be talented on, on offense because that's what Dana Holgerson does. But their defense, I think, I don't know if they, they still haven't stopped SMU. It's like, I think SMU scored 77 on them in the first three quarters or something. Um, and so they're looking for for a change there. And so um, I just don't know about the other people that are involved, right? I mean, I, we don't know that yet. I've got to do some studying uh, to really think about uh, those guys at this point. Um you know, other questions, Jerry, that you want to bring up or thoughts that you want to bring up? Just I'll, I'll leave it kind of open to you right now. Let's uh, kind, of, kind of take people down, uh, let them know what's going on here. Uh, we're Monday. Well, signing day begins Wednesday, December 21st. Texas has the number three ranked class in the on three consensus right now. I believe number three. I don't think anybody's jumped in the day. Um, so Texas is locked in with this Anthony Hill commitment, assuming they don't lose anybody big. Um, they're going to add a couple of pieces at least to it. They're going to sign a top five class for a second straight year. And so when you start looking at the program and the trajectory, I, you know, it's everything is tracking correctly and ascending correctly with this program right now. I, I believe that. It's two back-to-back top five classes is right where you need to be. And they're bringing in guys on the offensive and defensive line in these classes that are big bodies, athletic guys, uh, so I think they're preparing for the move to the SEC. Um, you know, I, I think they're doing the linebacker class this year. They, they're filling the needs. Last year it was offensive line was huge. This year it's a linebacker. And they've knocked both those out of the park. So I think they're doing very well. I love the approach in recruiting that Steve Sarkeesian and these guys have. They play the long game. They don't play the panic game. They don't move to the B list at all. And it's easier for Blue Bloods because of the portal. But still, you have to stay stick, stay true to your strategy when times get a little questionable. And, they, and they've done that. Um, so I just I just like what they're doing in recruiting. I like the strategy. Texas is going to sign a back-to-back top five class. Number three is, by the way, number three is as high as they're going to go. They're not catching Georgia or Alabama. Not happening. But if you finish third behind those two, you're in business because that would be – if you finish number three after finishing number five, you're headed in the right direction. And I still think Texas is going to do well in the portal. They're just being very selective. 
so I think they're continuing to add pieces in recruiting. Uh, we'll see what happens coming down the stretch. I, I'll be surprised if DeAndre Moore, the on-three consensus four-star, doesn't end up in the Texas class. We'll see what happens with four-star Camorian Pimpton. Um, we'll see what happens with uh, Tyler Scott, the corner. Then you have Deuce Robinson sitting out there until February. And he's the number one tight end in the country. So I think Texas is doing all the right things uh, in recruiting. I like what they're doing. I love the strategy. Uh, I like the late evaluations they're making in the senior year evaluations. Pimpton, Tyler Scott, those are hit, hit type of evaluations for me. I mean, those are guys that, uh, you know, you listen, you know, you go to North Crowley and listen to their coaching staff. They're they're going to tell you Camorian Pimpton's going to be a draft pick and he's going to play in the NFL. That is the right senior evaluations. I think Texas is pushing a lot of right of the really correct buttons in recruiting. Got it. Uh, a couple more questions here before we go. Um, Will Stanford says, I hear Worthy, Xavier Worthy, is going to stay. Um, there are other people that say they hear he's going to leave. Uh, right now, I think that it's clear he's playing in the bowl game. Uh, we will monitor that until the cows come home, unless Xavier says one way or the other, hey, I'm definitely staying. I'm definitely, you know, this is a situation we live in, a, a world we live in right now, where, you know, you have to recruit your roster as well as the portal, as well as high school recruits. Um, and to what level you do that is is the question, uh, right? But uh, Xavier Worthy is a longhorn. And, and yes, I do hear he's going to stay. But, you know, that could change in two weeks. You know, there's no, there's no promises uh, in, in this situation, right? You agree with that, Jerry? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, this is total unpredictability for me. I mean, I don't even know what else to say. Um, I, I I think especially with the guys who have flirted with it before. Yeah. I, I mean, you can't ever rest with those guys. Yeah. I, oh, by the way, uh, somebody did ask, yes, Xavier Worthy did change his Jersey number. He's going from number eight to number one, it appears. Uh, so he has a, a, a very nice, diamond chain that has number eight on it he's gonna he's gonna need a new one apparently <laughs> uh so we'll see how that goes uh and whatnot all right hey jerry thank you so much uh Got again it. uh spend another hour here with inside texas fans and uh on texas football uh we appreciate you guys please give us a look at insidetexas.com right now four months for one dollar we have the latest information and news and updates uh each and every day multiple times a day in fact, I believe we've already posted some stuff. Not me or not Jerry, but other members of our staff have posted stuff while we're talking here uh, at the, on the uh, uh, show on the Longhorn live stream. All right. For Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. Thank you, everybody, for, for tuning in. We'll see you soon.